And are we uh, we all ready to uh, to start? I am. Ready as I'm going to be. All right. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers animated podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Chen. And I'm David. And, uh, hi. Uh, right off the bat, I, uh, unfortunately, a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, lost our friend Alex. And, uh, you know, they were taken from us too soon, and, uh, we're, we're going to miss them terribly. I, uh, I wish I knew them more th- better than I did, but uh, we're lucky that uh, during uh, the time they had, they, they chose to spend uh, some of it with us, uh, talking about this uh, the show that we all like. So we're going to keep talking about it, and uh, you know we wish they were here, but uh, unfortunately, that's uh, that's not the way it went. So I made my post on our our blog over at iconunderground.net if anybody didn't happen upon that uh, on, you know, linked from Twitter or anything, uh, I encourage you to to take a look. That explains a lot of of what happened and, you know, what our situation is. Yeah, it's a a lovely piece, uh, Jen, and and thank you again for writing it. Unfortunately, it's a a piece that we hope that you know, you never hope you have to write. It's mm-hmm. been strange few weeks. It's it's a very weird feeling. Like it, Alex doesn't feel gone. It's weird. No, and I I, I never got to meet Alex in person. I wish I wish I had, but uh, it's this is odd. But um. I'd like to think Alex would be annoyed if we stopped on their account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to carry on uh, as best as we can. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not going to be the same, but uh, they would. I don't think that they would have wanted us to stop. And Like you said, they would have been annoyed if we had. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, today we are on uh, Sorry, No One's Home. This is the 27th overall episode of Transformers Animated. We are on uh, pun titles again. <laughs> yeah, we, we have gotten to the point where we've gone past unimaginative titles, past uh, titles that are just trying too hard, and now we're just to bad puns. I, it's, yep. it, it is kind of a bit of restraint that it's taken them this long to use Sari's name as a pun in the title. <laughs> Not just in dialogue. It, it's. It, I'd almost commend them for waiting this long. I'm a little surprised we never got Sari wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, no. That's uh, terrible. And uh, this episode was written by Todd Casey, who uh, previously wrote Nature Calls, and has gone on to write a... I think Animated was his first uh, animation writing job, and he's since done a ton of stuff. Huh, well that's neat. Uh, he also started out as, I think, Michael Bay's assistant on the first Transformers movie. What? Yeah. Oh, that's, that, that's crazy. I sort of remember hearing that, that one of his assistants became a writer. No, oh no, sorry, it's Tom DeSanto's assistant. He was one of the producers. Oh. Ah. Okay. 
Yes, I remembered wrong. But he has gone on to write like a, a bunch of episodes of that new Ninja Turtles show, uh, oh. a bunch of whatever Wander Over Yonder is. Oh, that, I've seen bits of it. It's amusing and weird. They have villains that sing, I think. And also something called Future Worm. Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. That's I just... Am... Future Worm. Definitely a title. And also a bunch of uh, a bunch of Batman Brave and the Bold. Like, oh. is this worm like W-O-R-M, or is this W-Y-R-M, like, this is actually just a extremely underrated 2000s movie, Reign of Fire? Nope, this is like W-O-R-M, like the, That's like the invertebrate. That's just weird. The premise is, uh, let's see... Meet Danny, inventor of the Time Machine Lunchbox. During its maiden voyage, the lunchbox was hurled into the future, where future scientists discovered a simple worm that they put through their genetic escalator, increasing the worm's intellectual capacity and need for adventure. This worm became Future Worm. Now he's returned to make sure Danny never has a boring day. So this is like some, like, eight-year-old's show sort of thing. I mean, that's what the premise sounds like, but who knows? That's fair. That's fair. You don't even know. Sounds like a weird reboot of Earthworm Jim? I mean, boy hangs out with uh, space gemstone ladies. Also sounds like Maceling for eight-year-olds, but uh, Mm. people sure love that show. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, he wrote, he was one of the writers on Krampus, which I meant to see but didn't. That's a good movie. This first aired June 5th, 2008. Uh, almost at, almost ten years ago, which still feels super weird. Yeah. And we open at the Autobot base, where Prowl has arranged a bunch of uh, assembly line machinery into his own personal danger room. Which is pretty cool. And Sari, who of course is still living there, has decided that, you know, since she lives there as well, she can do this just as well as this space robot ninja can. <laughs> of course. Of course she does. Of course she thinks that. Her overconfidence just never goes away. Yep. Well, she she is wearing a helmet at least. Yeah, well, that's something. Yeah, a helmet, rollerblades, and elbow and knee pads that she was wearing in the original intro, which was a lot shorter before they cut it up. Oh, course, right. In the original intro, she also had a jetpack, which hasn't changed. Like a jetpack turns into a bike or something? I think. Oh, yeah. That's, that sounds familiar. And so he agrees, and I think is this the point where he picks her up by the scruff of the neck like she's a kitten? Yes! That's adorable. 
I mean, Huge. thankfully, I guess, Huge. I guess, yeah, and I guess stretch fabrics are futuristic enough in the future that he's not strangling her. <laughs> so yeah, he does let her do this. He puts it at quarter speed, and that's still not slow enough because she gets conked in the head. She gets knocked off the conveyor belt and lands in such a way that her spine has to be broken. <laughs> well, cartoons. She's very durable. I guess. <laughs> it's cartoons. Maybe for reasons That's... to be revealed later. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. And the Autobots don't really know enough about human biology to say otherwise. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. Oh, sure. Human, the human spines regrow, right? That's a thing that yeah. happens. That's, I mean, obviously. That totally happens. I mean, why wouldn't they? So, you know, she's still insistent that she can do this. And then Bulkhead busts in, and he is just in a frenzy. Because something is dripping. <laughs> well, I, I can't really blame him. That's one of those things that always seems to annoy me. If you, like, hear a sink dripping in the middle of the night, I have to get up and find it. <laughs> yeah, I got over that in my crappy old apartment. Well, unfortunately, this is not a leaking faucet, but in fact, Bumblebee, who has an open wound in his arm <laughs> that is just dripping blood. Yeah, he's just. Yeah, this is like so strange. many questions of this whole like thing. Whole, like... I'm a bit of what you might call a hemophobe. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is like okay. He had to get a puncture big enough. To make a hole in his arm. Okay, and he's got oil in his arm, and it just keeps leaking on the floor, and he hasn't done anything about it. And he's leaking this entire episode. How much oil is inside him? There is one point where it's like, how can he possibly have just gushed out that much oil? (laughs) How is he not dead? And this show has kind of blurred the line between oil as beverage and oil as bodily fluid. And those two lines are about to converge, and I just cannot take it. Yeah, yeah in this episode, that's like, that gets a little out of control. It's not, it's not great. It's a little distressing. Yeah. I just... But, so Ratchet but is all, hey, bump. Oh, just, just imagine... Like having a roommate and and he's bleeding all over the floor. I, I, uh, it's <laughs> disgusting. Unless you're a lost member of the Romanoffs, you better put a bandage on that thing. Yeah, just don't don't do that. It's not great. It's not uh, acceptable. Actually, yeah, pretty much a roommate dripping any amount of fluid in in large quantities is. Oh uh, no, no! I wouldn't want them dripping anything. It's gross. <laughs> I mean, I've had some messy roommates in the past, but th- this is a whole nother level. Oh, uh, yes. Especially in the so comedy. Don't hey. do that. Yeah. Ratchet is all, hey, you know, you're horribly bleeding. Maybe I need to fix you. Bumblebee's all, oh, no, I'm fine. So he just waves this arm around and just sprays his robot blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Anyway, luckily, uh, they turn on the news, and the Constructicons are still around, and they're just messing stuff up again. So, uh, why did they just leave them to go wander around Detroit? 
That's a good question. That was our question last time. It, it's like, do something with them? Construct it, aim them, give them a job somewhere? No, That's just a let good them question walk. that never is at any point addressed in Wander any around way. around Detroit for months on end. Yeah, no, you know, like attention. you do. Not not a good idea. It's not very responsible. So yeah, they, they steal a bunch of oil, uh, they escape with a smoke screen, which may be a deliberate, and it may just be these two uh, robots farting. It's totally a fart joke. <sighs> yeah. It's not entirely it's totally played a as a joke. fart joke, but it's clearly a fart joke. It's clear in the way that the the reporter is, like uncertain about whether it's actually supposed to be a smokescreen. Yeah. <laughs> so the Autobots decide, hey, we better actually do something about these, uh, these Constructicons this time, because we actually have plenty of time left in this episode. <laughs> we have time in this episode to deal with that. Yes. So they go. Sorry wants to go, but... Uh, Optimus quite rightly suggests that she does not because, again, they almost decapitated her the last time they invited them over. And that time they were trying to be friendly. Yeah. yeah. So sorry, much like uh, much like uh, Kevin Connor is home alone. <laughs> yeah, we we were Wait, making the Kevin jokes Ro- last time the Constructicons were here. Uh, Kevin, Kevin's McAllister. Kevin McAllister. Why do I remember Kevin that? Kevin McAllister. That's right. Why, why is that a fact in my head? I have not seen that movie <laughs> or any of its sequels in, I'd say, 20 years? Oh. Is it, are they 20 years? But, they have to be okay. I mean, Too this bad. is going to be better because you can, you know, given these are giant robots, uh, you can sub- subject them to all sorts of abuse without uh, killing them as, like, 50% of the pranks in that first Home Alone would do. <laughs> yes. Like, you take a paint can to the skull, you're not getting up. No. No, it, you're not. Possibly ever. This episode flips it the other way around. Sorry's the one that's constantly getting abused and damaged in the episode. Yes. So, yeah, so she uses her key on a, uh, on a vending machine, turning it into a sort of candy TARDIS. <laughs> So how is that food edible? I mean, I assume the Autobots somehow acquired this, given that they know Sari now needs to eat people food. I guess that's fair. Yep. I mean, I guess, like, is somebody servicing these, or did they just take them from somewhere? Like, either, if somebody's that coming is... there, but, but even then, like, they know Sari needs food, and the way she's overindulging, it's clear that, like, she's not supposed to do this. This is not what the Autobots would allow, because she's hacking the building. But, like, why would they have candy bars in the building in the first place, then? I mean, if it's coin-operated, do they get? Do they give her an allowance? And if they do, where are they getting that money? Find I mean, on the presumably, she's allowed to, like... Maybe she's just allowed to have it in moderation, because they, you know, have some concept of basic human parenting. I don't know. Well, yeah, but then why would you have it in a vending machine? I mean, I realize that's a, that's a generous statement. You would let Sari go to the store, go to the bodega, pet the cat, get a candy bar. You don't get it out of the vending machine. Aww. It costs way more in the vending machine. Kitty cat. 
Ah, but see, this is the future of 2050. uh, Bodegas have been replaced with vending machines. (laughs) Bodegas have been replaced with non-manned bins operated by apps in the lobby of your... Didn't you guys hear about this? This was like a news thing this week. No. Yeah, so obviously the, the, in the future, these will be all the rage. These, uh, yeah, about oh, people yeah. in Silicon Valley who just don't understand oh, why gosh. things bring other people joy and no, want I, to ruin everything. I did see something on Twitter earlier about some bodega owners protesting. But I think it was just a rainbow. Yeah, basically, these bodega venture capitalists owners. invented the vending machine. I like the joke that every every six months or so, some like super clever Silicon Valley person reinvents public transit. What? <laughs> like Uber, but there are a bunch of people on the same one, and you all stand at a corner and get picked up. <laughs> it's like this. That's, that's a bust. <laughs> that anyway. So uh, yeah, sorry. Oh, and the I vending will, machines and the there's bodega. one thing I really like, but it also annoys me about the vending machine. Like the pile of candy that comes out on her is a different layer, and there's little individually drawn candy oh, bars yeah. on top of it. But it's just this outline of a pile of candy with highly detailed candy on it. That well, it's not like it, they took a photograph. It's actually drawn and like copy pasted to be a big. Big mosaic of candy. But it looks awesome and horrible at the same time. It's a weird effect. <laughs> anyway, she also uses uh, some of this... Uh, she ties herself to a crane to make it into like a... Like a cyclotron or whatever. Yeah, this is why small children are not generally allowed in old abandoned factories. <laughs> yeah. Next, she's going to be licking paint cans. <laughs> Probably. And yeah, she also <laughs> tries. Uh, she also tries Prowl's danger room thing, and she still can't master it. Well, maybe she should try not being a small human child. Yeah, Ana- animators, child abuse is not funny. <laughs> but meanwhile, the Autobots are are speeding towards the construction the construct con's location, and. Bumblebee is still just leaking oil blood everywhere, and it's driving Bulkhead to the brink of madness. Quite yeah. reasonably, I and think. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't have the toy with me. It's leaking out of his left door. Arm. It's it's his right arm, yeah. but it's his left door. Is that how he transforms? Yeah. Does he spin I, it around? Probably, they, it's probably a little faked up for the show, because he has like a fake car chest, or car roof on his chest in... In his toy. Yeah. Well, and, and there, so there's then, the, there was the, the, what, the fast action battler or whatever the quick one was that transformed right. different than, than his bigger one, but I can't remember how the bigger one did. Did he flip around? I don't remember. I don't so think So I'm not he sure if it's around. leaking out of the right door or not, but it's nice that it's leaking out of the same spot, <laughs> sort of on the toy, but possibly the opposite side. Anyway, Bulkhead has finally had enough, so he transforms his arm while in vehicle mode. And slaps an I Heart Autobots sticker <laughs> over the wound. That was cute. Is it using I kind a of like the sticker. idea that 
Detroit tourist attractions have like I heart Autobots stickers and yes. And I wonder is that a uh, is that a coded reference to uh, City of Steel, which uh, ends with <laughs> Bumblebee with the with, ends with Generation One Bumblebee oh. with a an I heart New York sticker on his bumper. Maybe, maybe. I mean, nobody makes Optimus Prime into a big robot alligator in this, unfortunately. Oh. No. Sadly, question mark. Yes, it just, I, I'm amused at the idea of using bumper stickers as band aids on giant robots. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do like that. That's going to work, but okay. <laughs> it's worth the try. Fortunately, the Constructicons have now spotted this uh, this gruesome blood trail, and they start licking it up. <laughs> yeah, that, because it's oil. That you just found in the street. You're mixing. You're mixing. <laughs> it's it's like well before it's been compared to like beer or wine, oil quality for them. Okay, they're drinking it, but it's also blood. So does does this mean like Megatron regularly drinks other people's blood? Is this a vamp? What 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 does this mean? Ah. <laughs> it is kind of a. Does kind of come off like a creepy vampire kind of thing. I never drink antifreeze. Just just all of it. Uh, Maybe that's that's what the bet was like last time with the Prowl and and Bumblebee about the... was it? Axel Grease. Yeah, Axel Grease. Maybe they were like... Autobots drink axle grease and Decepticons drink the blood of other robots? Maybe? Sure. Sure. Just, yes. Anyway, so the uh, the Constructicons are now en route to the Autobot base because they're following this trail. And Megatron has also noticed the, the Constructicons are out and about. And so he sends Blitzwing to go get them. Great, great idea. Yes. yes. Always send Blitzwing. Send my craziest soldier. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's kind of saying something. I mean, I guess at least he's only crazy, like, a third of the time, unlike Lugnut, who is crazy all of the time. Well, also, Lugnut is additionally stupid. Yes. Lugnut's, Lugnut's stupid, but he's more loyal. Like, Blitzwing is more unpredictable. Yeah. Like he's either he's either super loyal into the rules or angry and loyal or nuts. Just crazy. Just you know, yeah. crazy. So the Constructicons get to the uh, Autobot HQ and they just turn into the wet bandits. <laughs> it, it, it there's no getting around it. It's explicitly they're just the wet Home Alone Five has begun. Yes. Yes. After this commercial wait, break. Wait, is, Scar- is, is that the one with Scarlett Johansson? Wait, I I was guessing Home Alone 5 because I didn't think there was one. There are more Home Alones than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> I thought there were just three. Ugh. There are definitely... Like, I, there's one with Malcolm McDowell in it. What? what? I mean, he was kind of in anything in the 90s, to be fair. Yes. By which I mean Captain Simeon and Space Monkeys. Hey, he was good in there. Okay, so there's, there's Home Alone 1 and 2. Those are the ones with uh, Macaulay Culkin. There's Home Alone 3, which is the one with uh, Scarlett Johansson. 
which is basically a reboot. There's Home Alone 4, in which Marv has apparently been replaced with French Stewart. What? Uh, I want to know it was just a TV movie? Yes. Uh, the, yes, oh. that was a TV movie. And then there's Home Alone 5, The Holiday Heist, which is the one with Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> oh, on ABC Family. Wow, that that's a deep You're like, dive. that's a thing. Yeah, I, I don't My mom watches holiday movies on that sometimes. She tells me about it. Uh-uh. Well, it was so cheap that fifth one was filmed in Winnipeg. <laughs> Not even Vancouver. Nope. Is that like the Vancouver third rate Vancouver? Is that like what? The third rate Vancouver? Does it kind of go uh, like Vancouver, Toronto, other? I mean, I'm, I would say it's Toronto, then Vancouver, okay. then maybe Montreal. Uh-huh. And probably then maybe maybe Calgary, and maybe then Winnipeg. <laughs> and if you're filming a Christmas movie in Winnipeg, you are losing at least one testicle. It is so cold. <laughs> Maybe they just use fake snow. I mean, this is possible, but I mean, if you're in Winnipeg, you've basically got snow there probably nine months of the year. Yeah, yeah. And then mosquitoes the other three. Don't go to Winnipeg. <laughs> Sorry, Moral Winnipeg. of the story, don't go to Winnipeg. <laughs> or apparently Detroit, because they've always got giant robots busting in on your stuff. Yeah, I kind of got to be careful about that with the giant robots there. But, uh... Despite these gigantic, bungling robots busting in, Asari uh, is listening to the Generation 1 theme song too loudly for her to notice. Yeah, and she's humming along to it, which is kind of cute. It, it actually took me too long to realize what song it was, which admittedly was only like two seconds, but it, it still felt like, oh, I, I should have realized that on the first note. Well, it's really kind of just the animated version of it. Like, it's kind of their own theme song. Mm -hmm. Just the part of it that's based on the G1 one. That's true. I forgot that we were back to the Generation 1 theme in this. Yes. We're back to just having things being Generation 1 because it has to be. Although Transformers Prime does not have the Generation 1 theme song. That's true. It's great. Man, I love Prime. I'm ready for us to get to Prime. I'm looking forward to it. So Sari finally does find them and screams and screams and screams. It's pretty adorable. She's just a sonic weapon at this point. Yes. They don't know what to do about it. So she gets away, but uh, Scrapper and Mixmaxter are convinced that the good stuff is here. This is the place they remember. Because that's the thing is they got their memories wiped last time. Yes. So they're just sort of trying to find some place that they vaguely recall existing. Mm-hmm. This, this lost Shangri-La where there was good booze. Yeah. 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 The, the, the vague memories, is they remember booze. They remember somebody beat them up or something. Yes. And then when they first when step they... into the... The place that they sort of remember the Autobots hanging out. It's like, this is kind of familiar. This is like, this is like a place we were and it didn't end well, I think is how Scrapper puts it. So, the Autobots have not found the Constructicons, unsurprisingly, 
Although Bumblebee does try to arrest a construction vehicle. <laughs> Which is driven by Sparkplug. Yep. Oh, Sparkplug. And then I believe at this point, uh, the uh, bumper sticker either falls off or gets yanked off, and just this lake of fluid comes out of Bumblebee. Yes. Yeah, this is definitely the how is he not dead point. I get this man some juice and a cookie. <laughs> yeah, uh, how, how, how high is his oil pressure if that much is coming out? Like, does yeah. he just be making sloshing noises when he moves around? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Come on, B. Get Ratchet to patch that up. So, he, he calls sorry, but... Uh, Unfortunately, this leads to a tense scene where Sari is hiding in her bedroom, and her phone goes off. Just oh, and her bed is a giant tire. Yes. Yeah, have we seen her bedroom in... No, I, we haven't seen her new bedroom. We know she's been staying there. We haven't seen her room, which is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... It looks kind of like it's just the corner of someone else's room, because it's just yeah. a big tire with a pink blanket on it, a couple of other tires that are nightstands, and... Smokestacks for some reason. It is. She's just got this like giant tractor tire with with a bed in the middle with a pink blanket. And this sort of this this put me on this small little, you know, internal thing about like how I really like Sari's relationship with femininity. Because like her room yeah. at Sumdak Tower was so girly. But it's just like, I mean, yeah. So it's, you know, she's got this, this bed that's made out of a tire with this pink blanket and she's got this teddy bear. And, and I just, I like that. I guess the, the only, the only way in which she's ever really written as being like, not like other girls is when she's not like other kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But she's still like, you know, she's she's trying to beat Prowl's cyber ninja training room, but she's got this pink bed and everything, and it just I I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate that she can act like a a kid and you know, act in this very sort of active way without having to be like not having a pink room and a teddy bear and stuff. So anyway, that's my, my little side diatribe for for today. So they end up breaking her phone without, I think, ever realizing that it was a phone, and Sari is incensed at the loss of her ringtones. She is very mad about that, man. Well, back then, she... ringtones were all you had. That's right. <laughs> back then, ringtones weren't just like your MP3 of the Transformers victory theme that you just stuck on your phone. She probably had to pay for them. Remember when you had to pay for ringtones? Oh, man. Back then, in the future. Yeah, that was some, that was rough times, man. I'm just trying to remember the last time I actually heard a ringtone on my phone. The last time someone called me and I wasn't just texting or discording or something or tweeting. (laughs) Using a phone as a phone just seems so strange. I know. That's like my ringtone is the thing that tells me to put my phone somewhere else because someone's calling and (laughs) I don't want to talk to people. 
Why would you have a phone if you wanted to talk to people? That's so rude. Anyway, so Blitzwing has found the Autobots, and uh, he has been... And two of his personalities decide that Hasbro wants there to be a fight scene in this episode that isn't two characters we're not making toys of versus a little girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's time to fill some airtime, baby. Yay. And he also talks about how much he likes iron filings on top of servo salad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a thing. What the hell? It's just like like a bowl of gears that you eat. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, uh, two things that that I just noticed. Prime's cab is way far forward and his tires are kind of back. Has it always been like that? I think so. It's a we. It's really not a cab mode that was designed to look good without the trailer, and it yeah, almost no. never has the trailer. Yeah, like, well, it it has different trailers every once in a while, but on its own, yeah, it, it's like the cab is like the entire front, and then the tires are behind that. It's like how does he stay balanced? It doesn't work. And other thing, yeah. uh, apparently, um, the original the original episode of the first episode of the original Transformers aired today. However many years ago. Um, oh. Uh, oh. Years ago, yeah. Happy anniversary, Transformers, as we record. Too many uh, years ago. Hey, my birthday is next week, and you don't even know want to know how old I'm turning. Uh, <laughs> likewise for mine, which is in two weeks. Ha <laughs> ha Yay. Too old. The moral of the story is we are all elderly now. Yep. Now, nothing has made me feel older than, like, getting a proper job again where there are younger people who don't get any of my references to anything, because I'm old. Oh no, youths. Though honestly, if they didn't get my reference to Peter Dinklage, I just don't know how I can help them. I mean, come on. He's on a very popular show. Exactly! He's been acting There's for cable decades. here. I know this is podunk, middle of nowhere, but they have cable. At the very least, <laughs> they've probably seen Elf. Everybody's seen yeah. Elf. He was in Probably, Elf? yeah. It's a good I movie. Have you people not seen The Station Agent? Well, I mean, they <laughs> probably haven't, but that is a good movie. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. That, that was one of my good random scenes on HBO movies. I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. I, I, I like this guy from Jersey. He's going places. Oh, Bobby <laughs> Cannavale. He's in everything now. <sighs> no, Dinklage. Oh. He's a Jersey boy. I mean, Bobby Cannavale is the jerseyest of the characters in that well, movie. Yes. <laughs> anyway, we are all, all very old. Yes, and yeah. Blitzwing is fighting Autobots because we got to fill some airtime. Yeah, so you got to have a fight. you got to have a fight scene. Yep. This is why they couldn't make that dark glass episode that Christy Marks did. Oh, yeah, no fighting. Not enough fighting. you got to have the fighting. So here's your fighting. So Sari has decided to go full Casey Jones against uh, these uh, these intruders. It's pretty adorable. Well, I guess Casey Jones with the fashion sense of April O'Neil. <laughs> yeah, she's she's got the yellow. And the red hair. Yeah. It works. I will allow it. So yeah, she, uh, she attacks them, and it turns out that... Uh, Transformer v. Hockey Stick is not exactly a fair fight. No. no. 
hockey sticks are not made of a hard enough thing for that. I mean, it's not going to work. I watch a lot of hockey, and I see <laughs> hockey sticks break when they hit the ice, much less giant robot metal. Yeah. Seriously. Come That's, on. Come composite on. Composite sticks. They're very fragile. Yeah. They're made for hitting a puck. Yes. Oh, wait, uh, would it still be of the same material in the future? Like, um, aren't they fiberglass now, mostly? <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a composite fiberglass kind of thing where it's got, like, flex to it. So some guys have a real flex to it, so they can whip that puck at ludicrously fast speeds. Okay, so in the future, it'd probably be more like um, Kevlar or something. A bit or, low, you know, space, meta- space metal. I don't think they're going to use plastinium yeah. or transparent aluminum, though. That's, that's Star Wars. <laughs> you know, like like Trump's wall made of oh. transparent aluminum. <laughs> anyway, so she, she briefly hides in Prowl's room, which you remember from previous episodes. It's kind of got a tree growing through it. And she's also very incensed at the possibility of uh, them breaking her TV. Yes, she says that. She says that they got her cell phone, but they're not going to break her TV. And uh, when when Mixmaster is ambushed by her, he asks, "What the front end loader was that?" <laughs> yeah, that. Yes. Is, is that the closest we've gotten to swearing in this show? Well, it I was almost closer because the original line was, "What the forklift was that?" Uh, that's um, pretty cute. That uh, that got nixed. I'm not sure which is better or worse. I mean, a forklift is something you might say more often, or sing about, or see. Front end loader, like I've seen. I mean, that's a thing. It's a piece of construction equipment. But but it's not not a common one you would think to name. It's just kind of a mouthful of a name. Well, yeah. Also, a front end loader sounds dirtier. Yeah, it does sound kind of dirty. I I almost uh, prefer it that way. Well, yeah, yeah that's 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 good. That's acceptable. So she gets to the uh, communication center, contacts the Autobots, uh, but unfortunately they can't really do anything because Blitzwing is kicking the crap out of all of them. And they're just, like, standing there huddled, conferring, <laughs> while Blitzwing is, like, standing back and, and just making fun of them. <laughs> I mean, it's only fair. Yeah, that's true. And he probably likes doing that. I mean, at one point it is his crazy head, so. He probably likes heckling. (laughs) So they, so because they aren't going to get there anytime soon, uh, Sari decides to set and trap for, uh, (laughs) for the Constructicons. Yeah. And an actual trap and not just jumping out and attacking like, yes. you know, hand trap would be. In quotes. Yeah. So she's got a bunch of barrels of oil. They, uh, they're lured in with these. Then she uses the mechanical arms to dump them out and then sets them on fire. Or, sorry, no. No, I'm thinking, sorry, they, they slip in this oil. Yes. Uh, yeah. Comically. Yeah. And then when they chase after her, uh, they end up in Prowl's danger room, and they get 
It's like the end of Brave Little Toaster. (laughs) They get on this conveyor belt, they get riveted a bunch, they get magnetized, and then you just get tossed out. It's harsh. Yeah, I I was thinking the end of Child's Play 2. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, only they don't get melted, but... But there are blood torches there, so almost... At this point, I felt so bad for them because they just wanted some oil. I mean, these two are basically just alcoholic hobos at this point. <laughs> yeah, they're they were more malicious in their first appearance, but they get more abused this time. Yeah, they weren't I mean, even like that bad this time. They've just got the DTs. They need a taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guys. She just comes and beats them up. I mean, admittedly, they broke into her house, but they didn't know it was a house. It's it's harsh. What I'm saying is they weren't the bad guys here. They're not the bad guys. Sorry is just out of bounds. But Megatron is the bad guy, and he radios into Blitzwing. Blitzwing, the episode is almost over. Go do that thing I told you to do ten minutes ago. (laughs) It is... Is this where the Autobots have a football huddle? Yes, and they decide to do Omega Formation. Yeah, which, I don't know. I think David would probably know more about that. So I guess Bumblebee just zaps the guy a little, and then Bulkhead does the fastball special with Prowl, and then Ratchet uses magnets, but then Ratchet gets beat up and taken hostage. Which is probably not what Omega Formation is supposed to be. No, probably not. I'm going to say probably not. Yeah, Blitzwing decides, oh, you, oh right, I was actually supposed to uh, move the plot forward in this episode. See ya! <laughs> Pretty much. And leaves. The Autobots get home. They're kind of impressed with what Sari has done, uh, but they're also displeased that she has apparently eaten uh, a year's supply of candy. Well, I think it's also that she, it's not so much that as she left all the wrappers lying around. Also that. And she just made a mess. She made a huge mess, and not even because she was trying to save the base. It was because she was just being a little girl left home alone. Yep. Next time, maybe just get a Coke machine. (laughs) Next time, maybe just leave her with Captain Fanzone. Yeah, oh. (laughs) Get a babysitter. Yeah, as we've noted, they don't really have a lot of good babysitting options. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Captain Fanzone has a wife. Well, this is true. I mean, she has a a chance of, and she has a chance of being better with children than he does. In that, she is a a separate human being. I mean, and, she basically <laughs> has. Yeah, I mean, anyone would have to be better with children than than him. Uh. But hey, episode's not over yet, because the Constructicons are still running away, and Blitzwing finally finds them. Yay! He gives them some of uh, Megatron's private reserve, and uh, says, hey, there's more uh, where that came from, if you guys uh, work for us. And they realize that was the good stuff they're remembering from their previous antics. And so that leads right into our big finale. That is the end of the episode. It's funny how both of the past two seasons have ended with an episode written by Todd Casey 
that is mostly pretty goofy, but kind of at the end turns out to lead into the finale. Because <laughs> in this place, last season was the Space Barnacle episode, which ended with uh, Sumdak finding Megatron's torso. Hmm. I'd say uh, that's oh. a good point there. That's a yeah. completely valid comparison. It is kind of weird. So yeah, it's it's kind of an inconsequential episode. It you know it goes by quickly enough. The Blitzwing stuff is entirely for the purpose of padding the runtime and putting a fight in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it it's fine. It's okay. Yeah, I mean it's a fun enough episode. Though, like I said at the end, I really just ended up really feeling sorry for them. Yes. Those poor, shambling hobos. (laughs) They did nothing wrong. They're probably going to write something in, like, hobo code on the uh, the outside of the building. Yes. Don't go here. Evil child. (laughs) Uh, What are they going to do, write it in acid or something? Maybe. Or just, like, carve it with their, like, big robot hands. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Or maybe they've constructed hobo nickels that they can, uh, out of manhole covers. <laughs> I mean, what have they I been feel... doing in the last however many months it's been? I mean, yeah. They... Just, just stealing, I don't know, oil pies out of windowsills. <laughs> they've been being the hobos. They've been being hobos. Actually, I, I vaguely recall the one of them might actually have, like, a bindle at some point in the third season. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I do remember that. <sighs> These are just straight-up hobo cons. Yeah, yeah. Weird. Oh, man, it's a... Uh, that's that's your next combiner concept. It's like a, a an engine and then a bunch of boxcars. Well, we're never going to get another train combiner again, unless Japan makes it, because they care about trains, we don't. They're mass transits. We're back on that subject. Yay! Just just give me a good bus transformer. We've never had one. Uh, oh, we haven't? We've never had one. I, huh, that is strange. I mean, there have been ones in fiction, but never an yeah, actual toy. There's been, there was one in like a commercial for something. I think the, I think there's even even a semi-official one for like a British bus or something. And there's a uh, there's one in the Transformers Robots in Disguise comic. Hmm. That was a uh, it was a bus that turned into like a rhino guy. Ooh. Named uh, Transit. <laughs> That's not a very rhino rhino name, but it's a good, it's a good bus name. Oh, and then he, uh, his Generation 1 counterpart showed up in, um, uh, the Hasbro Heroes source book. Really? He was, I believe, a double-decker bus. (laughs) I should probably be looking at that. Anyway, so yeah, it's it's okay, and uh, that about does it for the episode. But uh, yeah. until then, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter, we're on Tumblr, and we're on Facebook. And we are hosted by IaconUnderground.net. 
uh, where uh, this and our news show, Icon Underground Radio, have Patreon set up. Uh, that is at patreon.com slash Icon Underground. Uh, we have been making enough for that to be moving hosts soon, so that'll be probably invisible to any of our actual listeners, but it'll be uh, something that'll be uh, good for the managerial side of things. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, just uh, go by there. Uh, our patrons at a dollar or higher a month uh, get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes where we do things that are not, but are sometimes tangible tangentially related to Transformers. Uh, That's right. Uh, and also we did the last them. night. <laughs> yes. I mean, that was also kind of tangentially related to Transformers in some spots. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we're just getting insane exposition from Anthony Hopkins to Mark Wahlberg. Yes. So on, good. on DVD and on Blu-ray and digital now, everybody. Ooh. Uh, is it? I thought... I know it's available digitally. I don't know if it's on Blu-ray yet. I think it's coming out soon, at least. Maybe yeah, by the time this comes out. Probably. Oh, a- apparently there was a Bendy Bus Prime and a Bus Decepticon designed by Tom Scioli. Oh, yes. It turns up in Transformers vs. G.I. Joe. Ha. So, of course, you can also find us on uh, both... Uh, iTunes, and on uh, Google Play, wherever finer podcasts are found, and uh, wherever you do so, please rate and review us. And of course, join us next week when uh, we pay the toll to go across A Bridge Too Close, Part 1. Dun-dun. Too close? Well, it's like A Bridge Too Far. It's A Bridge Too Close. Yeah, but like, A Bridge (laughs) Too... It just feels weird or worded that way. Bridge too close. Doesn't sound like a right phrase. I mean, it's definitely just, okay, it's like a bridge too far, but it's different because this is the title of it. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Don't think too hard. You're overthinking yeah. the puns. Alright, it's a space bridge thing. Yeah, yeah. So make it's a bridge, it makes things closer. Don't question it. <laughs> but until then. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. And I'm David. Good night. We miss you, Alex. Yeah.